Hi guys, welcome to the Three Up Moon podcast, episode number, well, two technically, but we're going to call it one. Yeah, we're going to call it one. Yeah. All right. With your host... Uh, Josh. There he is. And uh, with uh, Gilly as well, or uh, Andrew. And I'm also Boney, is my alternate name. Yeah, you're, we're Gilly and Boney to you. You don't have the right to call us our name. And what are we talking about today then, Boney pal? Mario Bros. Yeah, Mario Bros. And not Super Mario Bros, you know, not the... Not the, not the, like, you know, filthy casual one. We're talking about the old school arcade one. But 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 we probably played most of the NES version. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Which I didn't play... I'll, I'll fess up, Gil. Uh, long-time viewers of the show might remember uh, <laughs> in the Donkey Kong episode, I, I played many, many versions of Donkey Kong. Uh, this time I played far fewer versions of Mario Bros, but still some versions of Mario Bros that might surprise you. We're probably getting ahead of ourselves here. We are a bit, yeah. We should explain. So first off, uh, I, you know, we don't have, uh, we, we haven't got any fan mail just yet, uh, but stay tuned to the end of the show. You might hear a, a way to get in touch with us. Um, but uh, question from Boney. Um, do you have any more information about Donkey Kong? Yes, I do, Boney. Um, Ooh, here we go. So this, this is to fill in some additional info that, that we kind of mentioned some stuff about uh, Popeye, about originally it was going to be a Popeye game. Mm-hmm. Um, so whilst, whilst Nintendo didn't get to make a proper Popeye arcade game, uh, they did make playing cards and a Game & Watch game. I don't know if you, you mentioned you have a Game & Watch collection for the 3DS Guild. Did you play that one? Or was that maybe not in there? Oh, uh, no, not as far as I remember. You, you play as Popeye and you're on a little barrel and you're kind of swaying back and forth to collect... Uh, bottles and spinach cans thrown by olive oil on a boat and you're trying to kind of stay away from from Bluto who's popping up occasionally on the left-hand side and taking a taking a good swing at you. Uh, I, I, I got this information, a lot of this information actually, in today's episode from a Iwata Asks interview uh, with Miyamoto and Tezuka and a few other people about the origins of Mario that was done for New Super Mario Bros. Wii. I'll, I'll include a link to that in the uh, show notes. Oh, nice. Um, but this is a quote from Miyamoto and Iwata talking about that. Uh, Miyamoto says, but while I can't recall exactly why it was, we were unable to use Popeye in that title. It really felt like the ladder had been pulled out from under us, so to speak. Iwata goes, so even though you were making a game about climbing ladders, you had the ladder pulled out from beneath you before you even got started. Ha 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 ha. Miyamoto says, great gag, you deserve a standing ovation for that one. <laughs> oh, cold. Cold Mimo. It does say laughs in parentheses afterwards, but it does have a bit of a bite to it. Exactly. Yeah, you lose a lot of that with just text, you know. Yeah. Um, originally, they wanted Donkey Kong to scroll Ooh. upwards, I assume, because they, they wanted it to scroll between levels, but the, the arcade hardware they were using didn't allow for scrolling. Glad they didn't. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I prefer... Those levels are so, like, different and unique, each of them. Mm. But I think one, you know, if I'd be interested to see a scrolling version of the game, but if it just means that like it's more of the same sort of level, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Like I feel like having different boards lets you have different layouts. I also think just it's a strong visual, isn't it? You know, you're at the bottom, and you literally see yeah DK and uh, well Cranky and you know, whatever you want to call it, Donkey Kong and the Princess at the top. Like it, it's a, it's a strong visual, you know. If you all you saw were just um, more of the slopes, it wouldn't look anywhere near as visually striking. I don't think. Agreed. Jumpman originally couldn't jump. 
<laughs> until uh, until the developers decided he should, because that's what they would do if a barrel was coming towards them. Yeah, I think I'd jump. Or, like, walk around it. I would go to the... Yeah, I'd go to the side. Barrels are pretty short. <laughs> Jumping would look cooler, though. Miyamoto seemed uh, particularly interested... This, this is just what I got from reading the interview. He seemed particularly interested in arcade games that kept people coming back. Uh, the, the reason he was kind of put in charge of making Donkey Kong the... the head Nintendo guy was like, make games that sell more. So, I mean, that's pretty direct instructions. Um, and I guess games that sell more would be games that get people playing more. Oh, yeah. Um, and Miyamoto concluded that it was games that made players mad at themselves that kept people playing a lot. Interesting. He said a fun game should be so well constructed that you can tell at a glance what your goal is. And even if you don't succeed, you'll blame yourself rather than the game. Moreover, the people standing around watching the game have also got to be able to enjoy it. Hmm. And I think I think he kind of delivered on that with Donkey Kong. Whenever I die in Donkey Kong, it's just because of me. Yeah. Or it's a little futzy. I think it's an interesting game philosophy, to be honest. It's kind of like why I like Mega Man and Cuphead, you know? It's like it's such a simple goal, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, there's, there's a sense of mastery to it. At first you play something and you think, oh, that's ridiculous. You know, how am I going to beat that? And then quickly you're literally flying through that section and then you're like oh the next thing's ridiculous how am i going to beat that donkey kong i didn't really get that to be honest although <clears throat> i remember i remember having a lot more trouble with the first level than i did when i played it live on uh, episode zero a link in the description below <laughs> well is that just because it was the nes version do you think i don't know see i don't know it's interesting maybe i've just become a better gamer um, Miyamoto also talks about designing the look of Mario using his previous experience in industrial design. Uh, he, he said, I started by saying, right, let's draw something that actually looks like a person's face. So I drew the... Uh, he, he talked a lot about how a lot of Western arcade games at the time had very kind of stick figure looking people um, trying to, like, make people with realistic proportions. He was going for a kind of a different look. Uh, he says, so I drew the eyes, the nose, the mouth, and before you know it, you've used up 8x8 eight eight pixels. If you draw a nose instead, uh, then a mustache, you don't really know if it's a mu- mouth or a mustache, and it saves pixels. Giving Mario a hat made it so they wouldn't have to animate hair and leave more room for the eyes. Giving him overalls allowed them to differentiate the color of his arms and torso, which made his movement whilst running easier to see. Genius. Genius. I vibe that, yep. The Mario design is iconic, you know? It's such a clean design. He also mentions giving Mario gloves to make it more obvious when he's jumping, but I think he's misremembering because he doesn't have gloves until, like, Mario World. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, like, he, I guess he did eventually give him gloves. <laughs> Three at Moon Trivia. <laughs> uh, Miyamoto, Miyamoto originally wanted to call Mario Mr. Video. No. Which he describes as a solid, imposing name for a character he intended to appear in many games. No, not Mr. Video. He's Mr. Video. I can be the name of a quirky boss or something, but not 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 the main geezer. It makes me think of Commander Video, which is the main character of the Bit Trip Runner games, which are oh, kind skinny, of skinny, um, skinny little stick. Well, he's like a stick figure bloke, isn't he? Yeah. Regardless, he's a trophy in Smash, in Smash Four. Appear in many video games, Mr. Video did kill, and one of such one of those such video games is the game we're talking about today. Is Mario Bros. Oh, yeah, Mario Bros. That's the name of the episode, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, it's not. I'll have a funny subtitle. Well, we'll see, yeah. You've got to say something really good and funny. All right, nice one. We'll, we'll see what happens. Then. So, um, yeah, what do you think, Mario Bros? Um, so, basically, uh, it, it's, it feels more arcadey than DK or Donkey Kong, 
I'll say. Yeah. It feels more arcadey in that Donkey Kong feels a bit more, especially for its time, feels a lot more like an adventure, whereas this game's a lot more see how much, see how high a score you can get, you know? Yeah. Or, that was the impression I got from it. I, I think the 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 introduction of each level with with it's not it's not a level it's a phase <laughs> like really makes yeah. it feel like oh, oh i'm just kind of here in this loop it yeah repetitive is a word that comes to mind with my uh experience with it we should probably explain what you do in the game uh and for that i i wish to refer to the nes manual which says here object of the game slash game description you can play alone or team up with a friend as Mario and Luigi tackle this underground adventure together. There are plenty of cagey critters to conquer. Turtles, crabs, and fireflies, to mention a few. That's literally all three. There's like fireballs, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, you'll progress through endless levels of challenge, collecting gold coins and building your score as you go. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good summary. There is, um, there's two pipes at the top of the screen, mm-hmm. and out of those pipes, some turtles come out. Mm-hmm. And some some crabs, which are called sidesteppers, I believe. Sidesteppers, and I think the shell creeper is the name of the turtle until it got changed to Cooper. Mm. And then there's uh, fighter flies as well. Yep. And they all they all move slightly differently. But you you start as Mario or Mario and Luigi if you have a friend. I didn't have a friend. Me, me and you should have played it on the NES online thing. We could have done. Yeah. I don't think it would have made it a lot more fun. <laughs> But yeah, you start at the bottom of the screen, you, you are Mario, you can jump, you jump up between these platforms, and you want to try and position yourself under the enemy, mm-hmm. so then you can jump up to hit them through the platform underneath. You kind of make the platform bump up. Yeah, it must be added. Like um, It's become such an iconic um, sort of uh, part of Mario in general, is jumping on enemies to kill them. Yeah. You can't do that in this game. No. <laughs> Which can be confusing for like people who are used to sort of mo- more modern Mario's when you like try and jump on a Cooper and die for no reason. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's definitely worth saying. Like uh, having played Super Mario Bros. and then played this, it's a uh, it's a bit of whiplash. <laughs> it yeah. definitely feels a lot more super <laughs> in Super Mario Bros. That's basically the game. You have to wipe out all the enemies, collect coins, don't die. You hit them from underneath and they flip over and then you, mm-hmm. you knock into them to, to finish them off. <laughs> they are merely in a stunned state when bounced from underneath. They have to be upside down to be killable, it must be added. Some enemies um, get annoyed when you do that. Um, run twice as fast. Yeah, the turtles, you hit once. The crabs, you have to hit twice. The first time they just get peeved. And the fireflies, you have to hit once. But they're harder to hit because they hop instead of just walking. And yeah. Yeah, pretty much it. It's a very simple game. There's also freezies. Freezies get introduced at level nine. Did you make it that far? <laughs> I definitely didn't. Yeah, I, I made it that far. I, 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 on the on the NES version, I, I made it pretty far. It's not too tricky. On the arcade version, I'll be real. I, I use some safe safe states so I can see the uh, the the fifth enemy that pops up uh-huh. in in the arcade version, which is an icicle, an icicle that kind of grows from the top of the screen and falls. Mm. Um, the Freezy, on the other hand, freezes certain platforms by kind of making its way down. You can hit it once from underneath a platform and that'll destroy it, uh, but it will freeze the platform 
which kind of just adds ice physics to the platform, which is crazy to me that so early on in Mario's lineage as a platformer, there is basically an ice level um, <laughs> with ice movement physics, which suck, especially mm-hmm. when you do the, the... So every third phase, I believe, is a coin rush, is a coin rush phase, mm-hmm. which I only managed to do like the first one most of the time. The second one, they leave you a lot less time for. They... they basically decorate the screen with coins and you have to collect them all before time runs out. This is like, test your skill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of quirky, I think. Yeah. But it's interesting you mentioned about ice, because one of the impressions I had with um, this game, especially with the idea of the... I mean, I didn't actually see it in my playthrough, but you mentioned about the icicles are growing full and the ice platforms. The game does feel very ice climbers to me, especially in the way you jump and the way, like, when you jump... Um, the, the awkward physics with jumping in an arc and if you don't quite get on the platform you fall through it it's not as bad I'll add that immediately but it definitely had a bit of ice climbers jank I thought yeah so you don't have they they hadn't invented um, the ability to adjust your jump in midair in this game mm. uh, so much like in Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong it's less of a problem because you are generally moving in one direction um, and you'll and you're not really trying to jump up anywhere like uh, the only times you're really trying to jump to something is when you're trying to jump to the lift so it's it's not really too big an issue but trying to jump up between the platforms is trickier than it probably should be yeah it's especially considering it's such a big part of the game i I just it doesn't feel you know like i can understand right it's it's a it's a it was originally arcade game only they ported it to the nes you know so it's like play the arcade at home and for that reason, you know, it's it's it doesn't matter if it's simplistic, that's fine. However, I think when jumping such a big part of that game, the amount of times where I try and jump up a platform and either jump relatively on the spot, yeah, or jump and clip through the platform, I was just like, ah, oh, come on, you know. <laughs> the the most frustrating part of it is, is is I mean, like if if Donkey Kong, when we talked about it last time, was a game of patience. And, and like precise timing in your, in your movements. This game is a game of keeping track of like ten things on the screen that could kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially, especially towards later levels when you have like those pipes do not stop spewing enemies, and you're like trying to micromanage all these things, and you're like, okay, wait, I should get the crabs first, I guess, because if I if I don't if I only punch them once, then they're going to get faster. If I should flip the turtles over as well. Oh, oh the, the flies are really annoying to get, but they move quite slow. I guess I could let them hang about. Oh, that icicle's going to freeze that platform. Oh, the the or the the freeze is going to freeze that platform. You are juggling so many things, and then the fireballs come in. So it's, fireballs appear. Uh, the, there's the red fireball, which bounces around randomly, um, and it kind of bounces between floors. But the green fireball appears when you're hanging around on a platform for too long. I was going to say, it did feel like fireballs were a case of, come on, hurry up, mate, you should have killed them by now. Or, or, or it's less even that, and it's more it's more like, no, you're not having it that easy. Like, I know there's just one one or two or three enemies left, but you're not just sitting here at the bottom and waiting for them to come to you. you you <laughs> you got to move out of the way. Mm. You can't kill the fireballs. Did you know that? Oh. I did it once. You just bump. There's like multiple rows between the on the stage between each of the platforms. Um, the fireballs, the green one moves along 
the floor of, of a platform and does little hops. Whilst it's moving along the floor, if you position yourself underneath it, you can jump it. You can also kill them with the power block. That's much easier. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, I, I managed to kill one green fireball in my time playing for multiple hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair play. I didn't even know you could. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I think there's a lot of attention to detail in this game that does still make it really cool. Yeah, I, I want to say something, actually. Um, one thing I do like about the game mm. is just... I like... This, is, is this even a word? Aesthetics of the game. Yeah. I like the visual design of the game. Like, the game feels very space pinball, uh, 3D space pinball to me. In the like the really like exaggerated sound effects, the really like bright, vibrant uh, graphics, surreal sort of looking. Um, yeah. And the black background, the pipes, the colourful platforms, the pow block in the middle. I mean, that's great as is, you know. Yeah. Um, and I also quite like how one thing I did notice is like the pipes as the enemy leaves the pipe, the pipes sort of accommodate for the enemy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you're squeezing out a bit of. Um, I don't know, like toothpaste. Yeah. And you just see the lump go across and then it comes out. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a real, especially for the time where the enemy could have easily just sort of plopped out of the pipe and it would have been fine because you'd say, oh, you know, it was at the time, the era, the graphics, limitations. I really like, there's, there's quite a lot of moments like that as well, like when you fall or die and you splash at the bottom of the screen. Yes, I was, I was going to get to that. To that. I, I yeah. the, the, the hyper cartoony thing of like, you, mm-hmm. you kick the enemies after you, you stun them and they like make a splash at the bottom of the screen, each one of them is... <clears throat> Granted, later levels probably don't have the chance to even take note of that because you are literally no. keeping track of so many things, but it's great. And, and the arcade version also is, is even more cartoony because when a fireball kills you, uh, Mario gets like singed, and he looks at the screen in a really, in a very like like Home Alone looking way. Uh-huh. Um, That's very Looney Tunes. Yeah, same thing. If you get frozen by the uh, the icicles or the freezes as well, he turns blue instead of red. <laughs> it's just a really colorful game, more so than more so than Donkey Kong. It's yeah, nice to look at. I think more vibrant. Yeah, which again kind of comes back to Miyamoto's graphic design background. He he um, there's a very funny part of the uh, of the Iwata asks where Miyamoto is being asked by Iwata about the pipes, about the origin of pipes, because this is, I guess, the first Mario game with pipes. Yeah, and pipes are an important piece of iconography within the Mushroom Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, Miyamoto said. I realized that if all the turtles that emerged were to fall down to the bottom of the screen, they'd end up piled up there, which would be no good. <laughs> He's not wrong. The bottom of the screen would become turtle-ridden, says Iwata. Miyamoto says, That's why I thought that in a closed-off space, we needed the same turtles to come and go. As the left and right of the screen were connected, Iwata continues, if Mario went off the right side of the screen, he would appear again from the left, wouldn't he? Which does happen in the game. Like, enemies... Part of why it's so tricky to keep track of everything is because things are popping out from the left-hand side of the screen, pop, things popping out from the right-hand side of the screen, and you have to kind of predict the enemy movements as they're go- coming down the level, depending on which pipe they're coming out of. Mm. Um, Miyamoto continues, right, but even with that in mind, having the top and bottom of the screen connected in the same way would have been somewhat odd. Then, on the way home from the office, I spied a concrete wall in a residential area which had a number of drainage pipes coming out of it. I thought, I can use those. Ha 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 ha. It's well established that something will emerge from a pipe, then go back into it. Iwata says, so that's how you made it so the Koopa Troopers that come out of the pipe at the top will go back into the pipe at the bottom? Just out of interest. Why did you decide to make the pipes green? 
Imura says, what's that? <laughs> Wada says, well, well, pipes would normally be grey. I don't believe you'll often find green pipes. Imura says, well, that's the first time I've been asked that one. <laughs> I don't really remember the reason why we made them green, but there weren't that many colours you could use in video games back then. Wada says, yes, it was very limited at that time. Miyamoto says, of those colours, blue was very bright and beautiful. Green was also very nice when you used two different tones. Those were the things we considered when designing the look of the game. Wada concludes, I see. <laughs> I think uh, he was right. Yeah. Like, it would have it looked awkward, I think, with like grey pipes. Perhaps that's just, you know, because I've become used to the green pipes. But No, I mean, well, it's a, it's a black background. If there were grey pipes, you could barely see them. Yeah, it was, well... Yeah, it would fade more into the background. It would be less uh, visually striking, put it that way. Yeah. Again, like I, I think, I think just the look of the game, especially because it's all it's all on one screen, the fact that they get it looking as sort of striking as they do, I think that's one of the strong points. Like, it, especially with such a simple game, like if the screen looks boring, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot, it goes back to what he said as well. He, he wanted the game to look appealing in the sense that if you saw someone playing at the arcade, you'd kind of like, hey, what's going on over here? Well, exactly, you know, we're trying to fight for fight for our pocket money. Here. Yeah. The, uh, back on the uh, on the subject of cartooniness, though, this doesn't happen in the NES version, but if you uh, bump a shell, shell creeper, mm. shell creeper, yep. Cooper, for, for the, the more Super Mario Bros. inclined, on the arcade version, they eventually come out of their shell. Yeah. Have you seen that before? I've seen it. I haven't, like, experienced it in gameplay. Yeah, so if you bump them, they they kind of knock onto their their back, I guess, like they do in the NES version. But before getting back up, they <laughs> pop out. Very comical looking. They pop out, flip their shell back in, flip back over and hop back in, which is really funny and cool looking. But at the same time, it does make it hard to know, oh, can I hit him now? Is it He's out of the shell. I don't really want to touch his body. That seems like it might... Mm, I don't really know where to kick him. Well, that's it. When he flips back up, can he fight back? No. I, so I tested it. You can, you can kick him until he's back in the shell and moved in. Oh, okay. Right. But it really doesn't look like you should be able to. <laughs> um, whereas the NES version, you know, say what you will about the lack of, lack of certain things, it, it definitely is a bit more clear cut. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, there are cutscenes in the arcade version. Which is what? Uh, they're less... Cutscenes in the Donkey Kong sense, where it's trying to tell more of a story, and more cutscenes in the this is this enemy. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen footage of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of a la a la Pac Man, I guess. Um, and th- th- this game kind of does remind me a lot of Pac Man in the sense that you have to kind of remember the behaviors of each of the ghosts mm-hmm. or enemies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I found the cutscenes pretty charming. Um, they've got a lot of they've got more text than you would probably see in in Donkey Kong being like, this is a shell creeper. Hit it. Then move over, jump, kick it. Oh, it died. Uh, and you're like, whoa. I do like stuff like that with, with older games. I like seeing like the quirkier enemy and it's like, oh, can we get far enough in the game to see that? I got that with like um, with Flicky, uh, the arcade game, um, the Sega one, where it had like um, the tiger and it had the iguana. It's like, oh, the iguana, you know? like Yeah. That that's why I was so like committed to seeing what the icicle looked like in the arcade version that I was I was willing to use safe state skill. Yeah, I will allow it. Here at three at moon, we'll allow that. So here's how they came up with the idea that the turtle should come out, or or, or even that it should be a Cooper, mm-hmm. a turtle. Uh, Miyamoto says we hit something of a dead end as we wondered what kind of game it was going to be. It was at this point that Yokoi-san, 
who is someone who considers problems from first principles, said, since we've got all these flaws, why don't we make it so that Mario can hit the flaws from beneath and defeat the enemy? But when we actually tried it, we found that it was incredibly easy. Before you know it, you had no enemies left. And that made it a really cowardly kind of game. (laughs) So then we made it so that you hit the enemies from below before going up to deliver the decisive blow. Mm. Uh, That's when we thought about what kind of creature could withstand being struck from below and would eventually recover. We racked our brains thinking of what we could use. And that's how you came up with the turtle. (laughs) Miyamoto says, the turtle was the only solution. (laughs) Strike it from below and it flips over. Leave it for a while, and it writes itself. Very good choice. Actually, one question I've got. Um, I haven't played the arcade version. I tried to find it. Um, ironically, the only version I could find was um, online specifically was the Atari 2600, <laughs> which uh, we'll get onto that. You, did you buy it? I did. Um, but my question is, um, with the arcade version, the video I found of it... Mm-hmm had an obnoxiously loud sound effect for Mario walking. I didn't notice anything like that. Maybe not then. Like I, I was confused with that because I, I don't remember it myself. I think I have played the arcade version before. Yeah, I don't remember Mario making a really constantly loud, obnoxious noise. The first video I found on YouTube had that throughout the whole video. That's very odd. Yeah, no, which is a shame because the other sound effects sounded great. And that was my first impression. But then Mario started walking and it sounded like bollocks, you know? Do you know why they sounded so great, Gil? Go on. Because Hirokazu Tanaka mm-hmm. worked on those sound effects. That's the man who made the music for Metroid and Earthbound. Yeah, that's a man who knows what he's doing. Actually, thinking about it, the fact that he made the uh, sound, so he did the sound design. Mm-hmm. That kind of almost explains like the impression I got of the almost sci-fi esque, um, space pinball esque sound effects. You know, the sort of choom, 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 you know what I mean, like lasery sound effects. Yeah, a lot of Earthbound has those, like, the, the, the iconic sounds to me from Earthbound, and I guess Metroid as well, but Earthbound in particular is those, like, Yeah, the, the pitch-bending synths, yeah. It's good. There's some great sounds. God, I love Earthbound. Anyway, here at 3 at Moon Podcast, we're here to talk about Mario Bros. Um, so, uh, where were we? In, in conversation with, with Tanaka, uh, Mimoto says, we'd get really excited discussing ideas like, what if when you struck it from below, the turtle flew out of his shell and trotted around for a while before coming back to its shell? Uh, then when it gets back to its shell, it's back on its feet. Iwata says, well, Tanaka-san is a really fun guy, after all. <laughs> Miyamoto says, we decided that it was a great idea and went ahead with the turtles coming right out of their shells. Iwata says, but turtles aren't just borrowing their shells like hermit crabs, you know? <laughs> Miyamoto says, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> no, turtle spines develop to become shells, so of course real turtles aren't actually able to fly out of their shells. But in the end, while I knew that I was lying to children, I decided, look, this way it's easy to understand, so we're going to make a creature like this, which is a beautiful quote. <laughs> I know I'm lying to children, Miyamoto. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, That's good. What do you think of the game, Gil? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, to be honest, I'm not massive. Like, I'm not a massive fan. Um, again, like at the time, you know, when there weren't many games about back in the olden days. Like, yeah, fine, whatever. For for a quid in there, for or, you know, however much it was, it wouldn't be a quid. Um, and uh, you know, have, have a little, have a little play with your mates. Um, you know, in the bowling alley, fine. But it, it's one of those things where, like. I can appreciate it um, for what it was, and I, I I do like like I do like certain aspects of it, like the visuals and the sound design. Yeah, but it's just too 
we're too spoiled now. You know what I mean? In in 2021, we're too spoiled to go back to like a game that's basically one screen with a bunch of phases. Yeah. Which with a with quite a bit of jank in it, in my opinion. Likewise, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan. No. I think there is something to the the core design of the game in terms of keeping track of all that all the different behaviors of the enemies and trying to juggle that and clear them out and dodge things and dodge the fireballs and and you know mm. the the once once you start to understand more and more of it it can get pretty fun and especially once you like handle a level pretty well you're like oh yeah okay i cleared out all those guys that was good moving on to the next phase but there's so many aspects like like the jump the feel of the jump i, I think just isn't good because e- even if you get into a position where you do you you can see the path these enemies are going to take and you do know the actions you need to perform in order to dodge things or clear off as an enemy, it is still so frustrating to perform. This is it, really. Yeah, for something so literally integral, integral even, integral, integral to uh, <laughs> the gameplay. You feel like, um, I feel like I'm fighting the game, yeah. I feel like I'm yeah. compensating. It feels like a handicap almost, which for an already very simple, repetitive game, yeah, miss me with that, you know. <laughs> it's really cumbersome. It it doesn't feel good, mm. which is why I kind of maybe I would like later versions of it because this this pops up in a few different later releases. You can play this mini game in Mario Bros. Three, I think. If you have two players, you can play it in Mario All Stars. You can play it in a bunch of different things, but you can control your jump better in those versions. And I think that maybe with that on top of it. This might be a good game. I don't think it's. I still don't think it's going to be a better game to me than Donkey Kong. It's a four out of ten in my opinion. Wow, that's not. That's I not mean, even like. It's one of those things. I, I I always try and treat the out of ten legitimately. You know, five being yeah middle of the road. I, that, that's why I put it four. Like I can respect it, but it's like I don't have fun playing it really. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not here to give numbers to games on this show, but I I would say it's. Whereas I like to stir the pot a bit. Yeah, you do. I, I would say I would say I get something out of this game. Yeah. Um, Basically, yeah, I like everything about this game other than playing it. Yeah, <laughs> like I like how it looks. I like how it sounds. Um, I like what it represents, but everything else, just no, nah, you're all right. Any other game? But you also you also played the twenty six hundred version you mentioned. I did indeed. So yeah, I was looking for the arcade game. Yeah, clicked on the first link. You know, good research that. Yeah, good job. It took me straight to the Atari 2600, despite calling it arcade.com or whatever it was. Um, nonetheless, I thought, well, you know, good research. Let's have a go. Um, <laughs> here are my notes. Yes. Was shit, comma. Okay. Constant noise when Mario walks. Yep. Jumping was really difficult in that game. Like, you think with the NES or the arcade version, it was, you know, annoying. Yeah. This was actively difficult, in my opinion, especially like with a middle <laughs> platform trying to get through it. It was far too, like, I guess, narrow, the the hole between, um, or the gaps, I I guess I could say, in the middle platform. It was so narrow that, like, that combined with the jump arc sort of controls, it was just a headache trying to get through half of that one screen, you know? And um, I've got the notes, not a fan, comma, don't like Atari, um, which were going through my head while playing. Pretty clear cut there. Yeah, just can't miss me with it you know um and oh yeah when we got to level three the whole um show us your skills you know where it's like um get all the coins yeah 
the sprite flickering with all of those coins on the screen. <laughs> oh, thank God I didn't have epilepsy. That's all I'm saying. Like, that was horrific. Um, but yeah, those are my uh, notes on the Atari 2600. Don't, don't buy it. Don't play it. I believe that version came out in 1983, the same year as the original game's release. So I feel like with the case of the 2600, I mean, I, th- I think the same thing happened with Donkey Kong, where there was a port mm. <laughs> months after the game came out. Um, it's like very, I don't want to say slapdash, but they were looking to get this thing out there and put it in people's hands in some form in the home market before a lot of other systems were able to put mm. together a port. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense to me why you would want to do that, but... It makes sense. We're in 2021. Don't play it, is my my take on that, literally. I already think the originals are hard sells in this market now, but God almighty, that Atari 2600 version, nah. Miss me with that. Well, I'd like to introduce a new player. Go on. Have you heard of a little company called Hudson? Gilly. I have a bit, yeah. The little bumbly bee. You might know them as the creators of Bomberman, uh-huh. uh, the co-developers of uh, with NEC of the PC Engine and the TurboGrafx-16, mm-hmm. developers of the Mario Party franchise, which I guess we'll get to at some point. But also, they got they got lucky. Let's say uh, they got to make a few versions of Mario Bros. for the PC88. Oh wow! As well as a few other machines. The first of those versions was called Punchball Mario Bros. Have you heard of Punchball Mario Bros? I haven't. No. It's kind of a sequel. Let's have a look. So the story from the instruction manual reads, at some point, humans gained the ability to use tools. At first, they were simple things, using the bones of animals and fragments of rock. Using their wisdom, humans improved their tools, harnessing fire, wind, and nowadays, even atomic energy. You can tell what it was written. Uh, They began to build up a sophisticated culture. On the other hand, however... There are people who still only use stone. How do they catch game and defend themselves from outsiders? Using only their strong jumping power and stone spheres, they use those skillfully to defend themselves. Here we introduce two such people. It seems their names are Mario and Luigi. Will they ever learn about sophisticated culture? Can I just say, I when you first said it, I heard punch apple, punchable. <laughs> like <laughs> and I was just like. My my imagination was in flips. I was like, is Mario the baddie? You know, like, (laughs) what's going on? Then I Googled it and it said, did you mean? And I was like, yeah, I did mean. Yeah, so it's punch ball, Mario Bros. Uh, It's Mario Bros, but you have a ball. Yeah. Yeah, so... So How does that play? So it gives Mario what can best be summarized as a dodgeball. Um, Mm -hmm. you can only jump whilst moving and you can only throw the ball while standing still. So if the controls weren't frustrating enough, this this extra layer of... You can't jump straight up, so you have, like, dodging things becomes a little harder. You can can jump over things okay, but it's still much trickier than it was before. They, they swap out the, the two pipes on the sides on the, at the bottom for a central pipe mm-hmm. that you can fall into. Um, and jumping over it is very frustrating. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. No. Also, they kind of got rid of the main aspect of the game, which is like bumping en- enemies from underneath the platforms. You can't do that. You have to use the ball. You just throw the ball and it stuns the enemy and then you kick the enemy. In some ways, it's a much easier game because you can just hang out at the bottom, throw the ball, kick the enemy, pick the ball up, throw the ball, Kick the enemy, 
pick them all up. Do that and until you're bored, I guess. Um, so the fire or well, fireflies, I will say, are really frustrating in this version because when, and whenever they are in the air, they are immortal. You, they cannot be hit. Oh. Uh, so I many times saw my ball go through the firefly and land depressingly, and it does it does a little bounce after it lands, where it's like a dodgeball that's like hitting the ground of the gymnasium that Mario and Luigi are chucking balls at defenseless animals in. Uh, and it makes a, like a little pathetic sound when it lands, rubs it in your face. Yeah, seeing that after it missed the firefly and then being killed by the firefly is extremely upsetting. The platforms also moved uh, at phase five. They kind of shimmied backwards and forwards in a way that was really awkward and didn't really serve to make the game that much more difficult. It was just kind of... It, it more firmly cemented the the idea of I should just be at the bottom throwing my ball at these enemies as they come down to me because <laughs> they are still coming down one by one. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's a very good version of this game. It doesn't look good. It's definitely different. Um, the, the, for instance, the instead of oh, I think it still does play, but when you start phase one of a game of Mario Bros, it plays the first few notes from Eine kleine Nacht. The it's that. Um, in this version on the title screen, it plays a jingle from the Confederate Civil War song "I Wish I Was in Dixie," <laughs> which is a different vibe. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's no icicles, there's no freezies in this version. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting little piece of history. But, Gil... Go on. It's not the only version of Mario Bros. they made. What else have they got, man? They also made Mario Bros. Special. Uh, these were both released the same year, 1984. Uh, this is another... Si also, actually, before we do that, can we go back to the story that they put in that manual? Uh, with... with, with... <laughs> With humans being unable to use tools until recently. Yeah. Or, or no, not even that. It's, it's that humans began to build up a sophisticated culture. Quote, on the other hand, however, there are people who still only use stone. Mario and... Or, or, here, here we introduce two such people. It seems their names are Mario and Luigi. Will they ever learn about sophisticated culture? I mean, if that's not a loaded uh, <laughs> yeah. plot, if ever I've heard one. There are pipes in this world. They're, they're definitely like, those pipes exist to transport something. Granted, in the game world, it seems to be mostly uh, evil critters that the, 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 the Mario Bros are throwing rocks at. But there's, you know, there's some degree of technology present. I, th I think it feels, if anything, futuristic, you know, with the whole neon graphics and the sci-fi sound effects. It definitely, yeah, it doesn't feel prehistoric anyway. It definitely doesn't feel like they're cavemen, which is what I feel this is implying. Hmm. Maybe it was written by a baddie. Uh, mm. <laughs> what, a shell creeper? Yeah, exactly, a little shell creeper, salty after having his brother stamped on. was like, you know... Are you saying the developers of the PC-88 version consulted with a shell creeper within the game? I'm saying they they were like, what would a shell creeper say about Mario? Oh, yeah, you know. Wow. Exactly, yeah. So the folks over at Hudson Soft performed a degree of shell creeper roleplay <laughs> in order to put together parts of the manual for this game. That's the only justification I can think, because otherwise, what the hell were they smoking is... 
is the only thing else I can come up with, yeah. Back to Mario Bros. Special. Tell me about it. Each phase in this one is kind of a different challenge. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot more inspired by Donkey Kong, it feels like. Uh, in the first one, Mario must wake, make his way to the top of the screen through four platforms uh, with moving gaps, avoiding enemies in later stages. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Once there, he must hit five switches, twice each, and quickly make it to either side before the switches deactivate. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, for the second stage, Mario must jump on trampolines to stun enemies and kick them off, avoiding a green fireball once it appears. Once all enemies are gone, a platform will appear at the top of the screen and jumping on it will complete the stage. I kind of like the... I, I didn't get to play this version of the game. I did get to play Punchball Mario Bros. <laughs> um, I did not get to play Mario Bros. Special. I tried as try as I might. My, my uh, PC-88 emulator was not cooperating. Mm-hmm. Um... But I kind of like the look of the second stage because it reminds me of when you're like at a party at a friend's house and they have a trampoline. When you're like a kid, <laughs> they have a trampoline and like, you know, like one of the kind of shittier kids that you don't like as much maybe is like jumping on the trampoline in such a way as purely to disturb your own bouncing enjoyment. Oh, yeah. One person jumps at the same time and just sends you off to space. Yeah. Yeah, and and these poor these poor defenseless de- defenseless shell creepers that do not have the ability to jump, so Mario can bully them into submission by by hopping uh, rampantly on these trampolines. <laughs> uh, in the third stage, Mario must take the lift up to the top conveyor belts and collect disappearing dollar signs. <laughs> they're literally just floating dollar signs. They're not coins anymore. They're just ka-ching, ka-ching. Uh, whilst avoiding enemies, which can be stunned by jumping on the conveyor belts whilst they're on them, like the trampolines above. Uh, once six dollar signs have been collected, a ring will appear at the. It's like a literal ring, like a ring that you would wear, not a ring like a like a video game Superman sixty four ring you got to fly through. Mm-hmm. Will appear at the top of the screen, and getting onto the moving platform from there onto the top middle one and touching it will complete the stage. Finally, the fourth screen is a bonus stage with no enemies. You collect all eight dollar signs this time instead of coins uh, before time runs out, and a ring appears at the top for extra bonus points. Rinse, repeat. Start from the beginning. There's some enemies now. Yeah, that those switches. I mean, I'm looking at gameplay as you speak. It looks so um, unresponsive. <laughs> the amount of times they've jumped and then the game's been like, nah, that didn't count. I think I the way I see it with that, um, it feels like it's trying to go for more Donkey Kong vibe. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's like um, you know the fact that it's not all on one screen. The fact that there are differing, slightly differing objectives. Same way with Donkey Kong. You know, um, one minute you're getting up to pull in the next minute, taking the pegs out. It feels like it's trying to emulate something like that, which I can respect because I do prefer that kind of um, design. Uh, and furthermore, Mario Mario has a purpose in Donkey Kong, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's true. Here, here, it feels even more aimless than Mario Bros. The the levels feel just random yeah. in their objective. And, and, and realistically, even looking at the game in some of them, you would only like. How would you know that you have to press each of the five switches twice each, and then quickly make it to either side before the switches deactivate? Yeah, no. It's... You would probably have to consult the manual. At which play, point, maybe you have to read another horrifying story that implies that Mario and Luigi are cavemen <laughs> and and refuse civilization. And which is funny because when um, in the footage that I just watched, when Mario dies, he respawns in a really Metroid-looking blue pod. Really? I didn't see that. Yeah, man, that's not prehistoric to me. No, that's future... I mean, th- th- this is a different version. This is Mario Bros. Special. So maybe in this alternate timeline version of Mario Bros., the second ultimate alternate timeline that Hudson have, have created, <laughs> we're in more of a futuristic setting. Mm-hmm. 
to compensate. Yeah. I just didn't know, man. I didn't know about all these different <laughs> versions of Mario Bros. This is another one. Do you want to hear about this last one? Go on. Spit it on me. It's for the Famicom. This is the latest released Mario game for the NES, technically, or for the Famicom, technically. Mm-hmm. This game, after Super Mario Bros. 3, this came out in 1988. It's called, I will try not to butcher the pronunciation here, uh, it's called Kaetekita Mario Bros. That is K-A-E-T-T-E-K-I-T-A Mario Bros. This version of Mario Bros. was released as part of a joint sponsorship deal with Nagatanyen, Nagatanyen? Uh, a Japanese company that sells miso noodles and ochazuke, also known as chazuke, which is a popular traditional Japanese dish made by pouring hot green tea over rice with savoury toppings. Three at Moon exclusive. <laughs> it's it, Use this author code now. It's it's an ad. This game's an ad. Um, it, it has... So the game has special codes. There's two versions of Mario Bros. that you can play. You can play original Mario's and you can play what they call Nagatanyen Mario Bros. Mm. Um, that version of Mario Bros. has special codes that you can earn by getting enough points. And you can send in those codes, I believe, to Nintendo, or maybe it was to Nagatanyen, to get different prizes. 100,000 points earns you, Andrew Gilmore, a Super Mario Bros. 3 trading card. Mm, bit underwhelming, that. 200,000 points lands you with a chance <laughs> of winning a Super Mario Bros. 3 cartridge. Man, at the era, that was, like, hot. You know, that's a good prize. Sending in either code gets you a key ring. No, no, missed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Instead of the tutorial cutscenes, this game plays advertisements for Nagatanyen products before the start of each game. Um, And furthermore, you can register your name in the game. And that's, one, for leaderboard purposes, but also so that the adverts can directly refer to you by name. With proper, like, pronouns and everything. But yeah, you can control Mario and Luigi in midair in this one. A la Super Mario Bros. 3, Super Mario Bros. I mean, we'll get to them. They feel good. They feel better than than Mario Bros. That's... I mean, that, that literally, like... I can only imagine... Wait a minute. I'm watching the video at the same time. Sorry. And it's got Mario. Name. Age. Gender. Male. <laughs> Luigi. Male, female. Is there, is there, hang on, you might be watching the same video I watched. Was there a Luigi button? Yeah. So I think you can press that and it changes the character that pops up in the adverts. So you, you're basically setting your preference. Are you a Mario or a Luigi guy? God, that's a lot. Why do they need your age? Why do they need anything other than your name? <laughs> These are highly targeted advertising. Maybe it picks a different advert based upon your age group. <laughs> God. Maybe it's like, oh, you're... you're 35 and playing this advertisement video game, you're probably more interested in the miso or noodles that uh, Nagatanyen here has to offer. This is a very good advert. Yeah. No, I agree. It's one of the best adverts I've ever seen. (laughs) It's a lot better than uh, Compare the Market or Sheila's Wheels. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another twist with this version of the game, they really want you to get enough points to send in a postcard, presumably, so they can have your mailing info and send you advertisements or something i don't know mm-hmm. um but whenever you get a game over in the nagatanyen version of the game uh, a slot machine appears and if you get matches you're awarded with extra lives to keep playing so if you lose and you're like at, at 180,000 points and you're like oh man i wish i'd just one more life i would probably be able to get that score there's a reasonable chance you will get an extra life for no real reason 
This game's good. This this game this game I like it. It's quirky. It's this is a good advert. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. For the screen where it tells you, I watched a full playthrough of this game. For the screen where it tells you the code, mm-hmm. the two hundred thousand point code, there's like a bunch of Mario's and Luigi's at the bottom, and they're wearing like wizard hats. All right, let's skip to there. Let's skip to there. Come on, then. Which is pretty cool, I guess. God, that looks so delicious. That fried rice meat. <laughs> that <laughs> fried rice. All right, let's have a look. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. They're like Smurfs, and they're doing a weird dance. They do look like Smurfs. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not vibing that. That's really. That's cursed. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. No fair play. I thought it was a very interesting version of this game. I hadn't heard about it. I hadn't heard about any of those versions until until, until I did research for the show. Ah, good work, mate. Good work. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm impressed. I did a bit of research. Um, with the more known um, Mario Bros. ports, I'm talking, um, I think even like the Mario Bros. 3 onwards. Um, they Because of obviously the confusion how um, Super Mario Bros. onwards, you could jump on a Koopa to, pretty safely to then kick the shell, you know, kill it essentially. Um, they changed um, in the... In all the sort of later um, re-releases of it, they've changed it to Spinies, the enemy that Lactu throws, because that's a lot more visually obvious. Please don't jump on me, you will die. Yeah, those those turtles, I mean, they look very jump-onable. Mm-hmm. And they even, I think in the arcade version, they react different, like, it, it'll still kill you, but I think even the turtle is like, ah, when you jump on them, mm-hmm. which makes it even, you know, the desire to jump on turtles in a Mario game, has been there since even before Super. Especially with that round, inviting green shell, you know. It's, <sighs> it's asking to be jumped on, man. That's, yeah. What else have I um, done? Oh, yeah, as well. Um, with the uh, 3D, um, Mario 3D world, um, they had a Luigi Brothers. Did they? Yeah, they had a Luigi Brothers that I think you have to unlock. I think you have to beat them, like, sort of final boss. I don't mean to be rude to the brother. Um... He's in the game. Yeah, and he, he now he now is in the game twice. So is it is it two Luigi's a la the the thing that can happen in Mario Galaxy? It essentially is. Yeah, player one has green overalls. Player two has the NES coloration with the white overalls with the green sleeves. So yeah, it's uh, two Luigi's. And other than that, I think the game's identical. So uh, there you go. <laughs> wow, really celebrating the heritage of the worst of the f- four plumbers. I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite fond of the character. I like how he's actually become, you know, Luigi's Mansion onwards. He's actually become a character and not just a reskin. I respect that he's his own plumber, yeah, and has his own character. Mm-hmm. I don't like his own character. No, I, f- I find, look, if I want to play a coward in a video game, who do you play as? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want to be a character in a video. I want to be, you know, a cool guy. Oh right. Oh. oh. I don't know. It, it's nice to see um it's nice to see anxiety uh, representation in games. <laughs> so uh, when I see Luigi <laughs> screaming at his own shadow, I really feel like I finally belong, you know. <laughs> it speaks to me, you know. Yeah, I just don't I find something about him. I find something about Luigi feels very just want to get get out of here. What do you want? You think he's too much of a puss? I think he just wants... He expects a lot of attention. Ooh, interesting. I think he deserves a lot of attention, in fairness. Because, like, canonically... 
he also saves Peach in in the games. Like it mentions with Mario World, I believe it mentions how uh, Luigi's there with Mario to save Peach. Um, he, and for the typical player, you know, you only see Mario because you're only playing single player. Because you know, if you're a gamer like us, you don't have a mate to play with, you know, or or, or you don't have a brother that likes games. Um, I'm going to so, say the percentage uh, of people who played Mario World to completion in multiplayer is very slim. No, but this is it. It, that's the thing. So most people don't give him the recognition he deserves because canonically, but I'm that... saying, I'm saying he doesn't deserve that recognition. He, I, I've, I've never seen him save a princess aside from, again, in Luigi's Mansion, which feels like pittance at that point. <laughs> it was like we need to give him his own adventure. Exactly, because that's the thing. He's 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 doing it all behind the scenes. Mario's literally got lacquer to. I'm going to say lack the whole like game screen. Everything you can see in every game is a lacquer to recording it for us. Right, because we're not in the Mushroom Kingdom, we're getting it live streamed via Lakitu. Right? Yeah. All right. Lakitu's on Twitch. Yeah. Exactly. And um, what do you? Okay. Hang on. Sorry. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Go on. What do you think Lakitu's Twitch emotes are? <laughs> <laughs> number one. Yeah. Number one. On. Spiny, because he throws them. Mm-hmm. And anything he throws, I guess. I reckon that little um, wrong way uh, flag, like you know, in Mario Kart, where he's like holding up like a turnaround symbol. That's like a you know, if someone like if something something unacceptable goes on, it's like, whoa, go back, go back, go on. Yeah, you know. Oh. I just did a gesture of like to uh holding up a turnaround sign there. So um, when, whenever the chat's bored, they drop clouds. Yeah, because <laughs> they're daydreaming. <laughs> it's good stuff. But point being. Lakitu doesn't represent... He doesn't represent Luigi, man. He, he follows Mario like a sheep. And Luigi's doing all the graft and getting none of the glory. And so... He's not... Uh, but so Okay, this is what I'm getting at, right? Go on. Is, is that people like you, right? Mm-hmm. People like you argue he's doing all of the graft. And no, he fucking isn't. No, no, he's, no, no. Okay, so he's not doing all the... He's literally doing the same amount of graft for none of the credit, is my point. And so it's almost worse because like Mario's getting oh well done mate you know oh that was a hard boss with the uh, four dinosaurs on the little carousel thing well done mate and oh you beat Bowser in the end oh and you know you got off with Peach well done Luigi gets none of that and he goes through all of it I still wouldn't say it's all of the graft all the same amount of graft mm. look we'll get to those games he's we'll he's not present in Mario sixty four I mean L is real sure but oh, L was real last year. <laughs> Full circle. He's not present in Mario Sunshine, mm-hmm. to my recollection. He's present in Mario Galaxy, but only after you complete the adventure as Mario. Luigi's merely a reward. Mm. He's present in Mario World and, and Super Mario Brothers, but only if you have a brother in real life, or a sister, or a mister. Um, so just a rebuttal there with uh, Mario Galaxy. Um, mm. There are three stars that um, Mario pathetically can't even find himself. That Luigi finds for Mario. I mean, that's yeah. We don't know how Luigi got those stars. I'm going to say this: Mario could probably find those stars. He's just thinking, "I'll let my little brother handle it. I'm good. <laughs> I have bigger fish to fry." Anyway, we're going into other games here. Point being, I quite like I like Luigi, and I feel like he deserves better. Um, it's it, it's a shame, really, that um, like like okay, maybe I guess that's my line with it. Go on. People always, people who like Luigi always say he deserves better. There is there is always this assumption that Luigi is victimized somehow, like he's been in the dirt, and he's doing fine. And I th- I think no. part of why I don't like him is because his his whole vibe sells that he he is 
begging for you to feel sorry for him. And it's like, nah, man, you know, Mario, Mario, Mario's never done that. Mario's not sat around and been like... And Mario's had a lot of struggles. Mm. He's, he's not been sitting there asking for pittance. I might be using the word pittance wrong. Mm, I don't know. I just think I feel like Luigi. You know, he jumps higher. He's quicker. He's a bit skiddier on the feet. Mm. But therefore, you know, I feel like, come on, man, let Luigi um, run around um, Cool Cool Mountain, or let Luigi um, use Flood to hover over to Gooper Blooper. You know, like it's just one of those things, man. I feel like Mario's cocky, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I've got this. And it's like, let Luigi do a bit of the job, man. Let Luigi get some of the action. With Mario's adventures, they're vibrant, they're goofy. The scariest thing of Mario is maybe a piano coming to life and barking at him. That is terrifying, though. That's that is a bigger scare than anything that happens in Luigi's Mansion one, two, or three. But Luigi, he's literally in a haunted mansion on his own, with ghosts appearing out of thin air that want to beat his lights out. He's he's not on his own. Well, I mean, we'll get to it. He's he's got he's got toads, or he's got Egad on, on speed dial. Yeah, but physically he's on his own and he's got all these ghosts that want him dead. Not just like, they want, they don't just want him like, you know, unconscious like Pokemon where they go to the Pokemon Center, you know, and they're dead, they're not really dead, Nintendo dead. These ghosts want Luigi dead. I'll give you that. As, 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 That's creepy. As much as Bowser's uh, trials really do put Mario through his paces, it does always come across as a very jovial sort of... <laughs> yeah, exactly. They go and then play. They play tennis with each other afterwards, you know. Yeah, but 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 Luigi plays tennis with King Boo. With King Boo, yes, but with the other ghosts, no. The other ghosts, you don't see them again, really. They they were just they just wanted they wanted Luigi dead. They work for King Boo. Mm, we'll get to that. I think I guess they have shared interests. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, Mario Bros. Uh, any last words, man? Um, I think like Luigi fans adore Luigi, <laughs> uh-huh. but feel underrepresented. Um, I feel like there are probably Mario Bros fans who feel the same way about Mario Bros and feel that like Super Mario Bros gets too much credit. Um, and where do you fall? Uh, I I I think Super Mario Bros gets the credit it deserves, and Mario Bros gets the credit it deserves. Yeah, <laughs> um, I agree. I think Mario gets the credit he deserves. I think Luigi gets the credit he deserves. <laughs> I'm happy to be fair with Luigi. I just, I just seeing Luigi finally be playable um, through the through the um, the Giga leaks, if you want to call them that. Yeah. Um, in Mario Mario 64, it felt right. It was like you know, here you are. You're not alone in the castle anymore, Mario. You know, we got we got you, mate. We got you, bro. Yeah, I mean, like it was good. He's, he's he should always be there. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, with Mario Bros. Um, like I said, I, I do like. Uh, as I've said, I like everything other than playing it. I like the look, I like the sound, but um, in 2021, I'm not going to play it. You know, no, nah, I'm all right. I've got choices. I will actually. I will look at the um, Virtual Boy uh, Mario Bros. and. Yeah. Gob off on it very briefly at the beginning of the next episode. Um, yeah. It's like a little, you know, we can always do this with the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. we forget about something like, oh, just, just polish it at the beginning just to, oh, the fans were like, what about this? You didn't mention this. And we can go, oh, sorry. Thanks to um, Lakitu420 uh, <laughs> for sending that in. Yeah. And and if the fans, if the fans out there do indeed have questions for us, 
Uh-huh. Where can they take it? Give me a second. I have to check what I set it to. Uh-huh. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's threeupmoonpodcast at gmail.com. That is threeupmoonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, number three at the beginning, all one word. Brilliant. Yeah. So if you, if you have a... If you have a question, if you take issue with anything that's been said on this podcast, if you have hate, if you have love, just send it all in. Uh, if you if you have uh, sweet deals on uh, miso or noodles or that other Japanese snack thing, yeah, we'll shill anything. Just give us money. Not true. Just give us I money. Won't shill Luigi related products. Yeah, we won't shill Luigi or Nazi related products. Anything else? Um... Send it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All right. I'm a sellout. That's all. And that's anyway, um, that's brilliant. We've, that's the uh, Mario Bros episode. Uh, Three Up Moon podcast. Um, with your host. Barney. Josh. Nice one. And uh, Gilly. Andrew. So, um, yeah. Nice one. Thank you very much for tuning in. And next episode will be Super Mario Bros. All right. Yeah. Take care and um, stay safe. Should we do the Donkey Kong? Kong. Kong. Donkey Kong. Yeah, let's let's clap it. Five seconds from now. Yeah, 26. I might have been a bit early. You want to do another one at like 15? Or 10? (laughs) Let's do another one at 10. Do a 10. Ooh, here we go. All right. Nice. Let's uh, stop the recording then. Cool.